Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where John Negroni and Will Ashton discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. So sit back, relax, and pour one out for the two and only Cinemaholics. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Cinemaholics. I'm John Negroni from the Internet California. And I'm Will. From Pittsburgh, PA. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to do something different. Uh, usually every week we review lots of movies and shows that have come out this week. Usually it's like we do like a few mini reviews and we do like a featured review or two featured reviews depending on the week. But this week we decided to do things a little strange, a little different because a couple of weeks ago we had, we already talked about Logan with uh, guest reviewer Matt Donato. Right, so you know, we did that was like a good ten minutes. I think we spent on Logan, the new X Men Wolverine movie. So we were like, okay, what are we gonna do this week? You know, because I just saw it for the first time a few days ago, and we're recording this a bit late, and I've had some time to think about the movie, and you've had a few weeks, and I just sort of wanted to maybe have a little conversation about everything surrounding Logan, if that makes any sense. The big movie. It. It's having an effect, I think, on a lot of people. So my question to you, Will, and the rest of America and beyond, is Logan really all that good? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I do remember when we were talking about Logan a few weeks ago, you really liked it. I did, yeah. I liked it. You liked it a lot. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And guess if you're Matt Donato loved it. He put mm-hmm. it up there as one of his favorite superhero movies of all time. And I'm seeing a lot of that all over the place. And by the way, I should say, toward the end of the show, we are going to be talking about The Shack. I almost, I almost forgot to mention that. We are going to review The Shack later. And uh, uh, Table 19 and I think uh, Trial and Error. I guess we can do those three. And we'll, we'll try to keep this as brief as possible. That stuff is toward the end. But we're going to spend a lot of time on Logan is what I'm saying. So usually we would start with like, hey, right. Will, what have you been up to this week? And that would be that. But yeah, things things are weird because I just I want to talk about Logan with you and I don't think uh I I'm starting this off not knowing how I honestly feel about this movie because I literally was walking out of it and I kind of was I had this emotion of is that it? Hmm. Maybe and it's a different situation cuz you saw it before the hype was up, right? You weren't sure. Uh- yeah, I mean, there was definitely hype before because I know Ryan Reynolds was definitely saying it was Oscar worthy, and a couple other people were saying that you know, like, hey, if Deadpool doesn't get the Best Picture nom, maybe Logan will, but we won't say too much. So there's there is still hype, right? But going at this in, point, but, I mean, that's this is right. two weeks of just massive credibility that Logan is collecting, right? And I can't find a single person that I respect and look up to as a cinemaholic or film critic or fan who does not really enjoy this movie. I've seen some tempered reviews on it from casual people, but everyone's hailing this thing as a masterpiece, but is it actually a masterpiece or are we just sort of getting caught up in the Loganness of it? And so that's what I, we're going to be spoiling the heck out of this movie. Sure. Um, we'll give you a fair warning before we do any real spoilers, but right now we're just having an overview. So, What's your take, Will? Spoiler well, free. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of look at the same way I look at Deadpool last year, where it was like you said, like we didn't really know what exactly we we're going to get. We knew we we're going to get something different. 
Like we were getting this R-rated, bloody, uh, last hurrah for uh, Hugh Jackman, and we're getting kind of a more grounded, gritty version of the character. But we would really, really didn't know if it was going to work. We just had like initial hopes and good trailers, the same as we did with Deadpool. And for and, you and me, who liked Apocalypse, yeah, we were kind of outsiders—not outsiders, but we were some of the few people who were a little bit higher up on the X-Men movie train because a lot of people were kind of saying like Deadpool's a fluke. Apocalypse is a sign that these yeah. movies are going to go back to Marvel or whatever. So, yeah. And I think, I mean, I already said my rating, I gave it a B plus last week or a couple weeks ago. And I do think it is definitely one of the better X-Men movies we've gotten. Certainly the best Wolverine movie we've gotten so far. Just I'd based agree on with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 100%. a huge step up for, uh, from, a. What was it? X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is just yeah. maybe the worst, the worst X-Men movie. I'd say it, it, it is. Definitely, it yeah. kind of is, in my opinion, because of what it did to Deadpool. But here, here's yeah. my thing with you. Before we talk about Logan, can we just clear the air on how we feel about X-Men movies? Because to say that Logan is one of the better X-Men movies, is that really saying much at all? Because I think of the X-Men movies I enjoy, which are the second X-Men. Sure. First Class and Days of Future Past. Those are the only three X-Men movies that I sincerely think are good. I've okay. never thought an X-Men movie was great. I, I think Deadpool is probably the closest, but I don't consider that much of an X-Men right. movie, right? It's it's in that universe, but it's so quirky that yeah. I don't actually... Like, I gave that movie... Uh, I remember, I gave that movie a B plus. And, you know, for those of you who are kind of like, you guys are throwing around these grades like a bunch of hopped-up school teachers... What a B plus to me means is that it's great for its genre, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it has like mass appeal. That like you could just walk into this franchise, this like world of superhero films, and be persuaded. I think that maybe Logan is close to being that for some people. But um, so yeah, what, do you agree on what I'm saying about X Men movies? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I agree that the X Men movies are very much a mixed bag in the sense that. Each one, it's kind of like uh, a box of chocolates where you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, I know that reference, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but So, yeah, like I think to me, I don't know if I'd say Days of Future Past was great, but I really did like that movie. I think that is sincerely one of the best superhero movies we've gotten this past like decade or so. I love that movie. And uh, again, yeah. though, it's good. That movie I, is I don't know. good. I I'd think... say it's very good. I thought you said you would not call it great, though. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm like, saying, all, though. Yeah, I mean, it's like on the cups of great. That's what I mean. It's like okay. almost there. Like to me, that's the better version of the Avengers, which is already a good film, but I think it does a lot of the same things a little bit better. Well, see, the adjective, and we're just throwing around adjectives, but I would give Avengers a wonderful, right? Mm. Like if I was trying to describe it, and maybe it's not, maybe it's not great or like amazing whatever you want to say uh, in everything that it does but i mean as a cultural moment i mean that was just that was a thrill man in 2012 to just to experience that on the big screen for the first time and you know seeing it years later it does does hold up as just as like a basic superhero movie sure it doesn't it doesn't have all the smarts and you know action you know finesse that you know winter soldier and civil war which i consider and Gardens of the Galaxy, I consider those like the best of the Marvel films. Um, and yeah. Iron Man, I would give that too. Sure. But we're sidestepping into another conversation. Yeah, I mean, I like Avengers. I think it's a good movie. I just don't think it's a great film. Whereas I think Days of Future Past is closer to being great for what it's trying to do. So, 
I, I, I think Days of Future Past is efficient. I mean, th- what it was able to do is in like being the first like retcon superhero movie, but doing it in a way that made sense and uh. kind of worked. That's what I liked the most about it. And I think that movie saved by how it ends. But that movie has yeah. a lot of problems, too. I don't know, but I think you're underselling like like Brian Singer had to juggle like two different versions of the franchise while telling a coherent story while balancing all these different stakes. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot in that movie that's like on the par with what the Avengers is trying to do. And I think I, I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt, think you're right. But I, I do think at the same time, it does have a lot of problems like Avengers had problems like Jennifer sure. Lawrence bar- barely showing up was an issue for me. Yeah. The ending of it, I don't really remember the final battle scene. I think it was very forgettable. I think what we liked the most about that was just seeing the original X Men. I mean, come on, with like Nixon and the like the stadium. I mean, that was kind of just. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really agree with that, but I don't okay. think that that I'm, even comes close to standing up to seeing all the Avengers coming together and like battling an alien threat and like all of that stuff, all of that like action that happens sure. over the end. All right, but. With Logan, should we go back to Yeah, Logan? yeah, yeah. But I think we're like just setting up a baseline of expectations, right. right? Yeah. Would you say Days of Future Past is the best X-Men movie then? Or are you just sort of giving an example? I don't know, because I think the more I think about Logan, the more I genuinely really like it. Because to me, I've had this issue with superhero movies where I feel like they're becoming basically big screen TV episodes. That doesn't mean they're bad. Like I like most of the MCU movies, and I even like some of the... DC movies, but I feel like they're becoming less and less single, well, in clip story. The more just like, hey, let's just tell a part of this, like a chapter of the film or the story, and then we'll go back and then we'll, well have another. Okay, story. but see, that's saying that you're sort of saying it as if Logan is a standalone. It is not because. No, no, no. It, I'm not saying that. Okay, okay. I'm saying it's a film. That's what I'm trying to say. Like Deadpool and Logan, what I like so much about them is they are films. They're not just chapters. They're like standalone stories. Like you can watch I either see. of those okay, films. Yeah. So the story, the story is conclusive is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's beginning, middle, end. And not only that, I mean, this movie takes a lot of genuine risk. Like we're seeing characters that we love in these like destitute, depressing states. And they're really asking a lot from the audience. Like, hey, this character you love, Professor X, is now suffering from dementia and he is basically dying like he is dying he's like a shell of the man he former he was and it's like i don't know it just it's a movie that asks a lot and i feel what it's doing is really impressive i don't know if it's one of those things where i criticize a lot of movies for uh or i criticize people for applauding what the movie is trying to say as opposed to what it actually says like i know when we were talking about that's what yeah yeah that's that's one of your like signatures yeah. Right? yeah well like and i mean i might be a hypocrite for that for this time because i am kind of doing that with this one i think i am at times applauding what the movie is trying to do or what it is uh trying to subvert as opposed to what it's actually doing but at the same time knowing what this can do for superhero movies is really exciting to me i i don't disagree i think that I love that this is going to enable more experimental, artful superhero movies. So right. like, I have nothing bad to say about Logan, really. I don't have anything to say right. like, oh, all these people who love Logan are ridiculous. No. Yeah. I, I am just sort of wondering, what what does this movie really actually accomplish? And objectively, is it really that much better? It Are we really loving this movie? Because as you sort of mentioned, it just just the fact that it, it does execute some pretty good film techniques. Like it's somber. It's 
bare it's basically like cohesive it's like a road movie and it's it's dripping with a lot of themes and it's you know it's put together well you watch the movie and you're kind of like wow a superhero movie where there's an actor giving an an amazing performance Mm -hmm. and i'm just wondering to myself are we sort of giving it a handicap because it's a superhero movie and there's like a novelty to us actually getting a superhero movie that you know is I don't want to say gritty and realistic because we did already sort of get that with the Nolan movies. But I think what yeah. makes this different is that that was like for crime thrillers, right? Right. This is yeah. like that same thing, but for a different genre. I'm not convinced, though, because here's the difference between a movie like Logan and a movie like Dark Knight, because you're gonna we're going to hear a lot of comparisons for a while that Logan is basically doing for X-Men what Dark Knight you know, did, that they're comparable. Yeah. I think that Dark Knight added something added something to the crime thriller genre right right it it wasn't just like a a good crime thriller movie that happened to have superheroes it was an it was a masterful crime thriller and with a masterful supporting uh character in the joker with logan i don't see that same sort of like wow this is adding something to the genre that it's sort of riffing off of i just think it's doing a pretty good impression a convincing one and I think that a lot of like the heart that people are lending to it just has more to do with the baggage that they have for Logan and Wolverine, right. not necessarily because the movie itself does anything that I think is all that remarkable. I just think it's basically good. I don't see, I don't see it do that extra mile. That's where I'm kind of falling. Yeah, no, I agree actually. And I think the main reason, I think one of the biggest issues is we don't have the Joker this time. Like, I mean, obviously we can't have the Joker in, and you so, don't need it Logan, because people but, would argue no. that Daphne Keene, the you know the young girl, is a good enough supporting player that you have that sort sure. of you know, right? But you don't have that fighting antagonist besides you know crippling depression and yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and more uh, you know mortality and all that jazz. But and that's not to uh, say, by the way, that Dark Knight is like a perfect movie, right? You could dissect it as no. easily as you can anything else. But and Logan's the same; you can dissect it and kind of find things about it that are kind of ridiculous. But that's not what we're talking about. Sure. And I do think that the Dark Knight has a little more variety to it. Like I think it switches tones more than people remember sometimes. Like oh, it, yeah. it, it's a very funny movie at times. And I don't think Logan like it has funny moments, but it's mostly very dark and very somber. And I think that's one of its biggest uh, handicaps that is a little too bleak. Like here, I think okay. it could have. You just you saying that it, here here is the big difference. Okay. And I'm not saying that this is the one qualifier that every movie needs to do this, but. Dark Knight was surprising. Sure. I was surprised by a lot of what that movie was and a lot of the things that happened. Sometimes I wasn't because you you kind of see, you know, like with Harvey Dent, how that's all going to play out. But no, in terms of what characters do, decisions they make and their motivations and how that sort of shapes throughout the film, it it's something that like I was engaged with all the way. Logan, I'll be honest, I got a little bored here and there because – it's so dripping with like that moody atmosphere. It's so yeah. bleak. It's not really surprising at all. Everything sort of just happens the way that the movie is saying it's going to happen. So like when it ended, I just sort of was like, yeah, that's about what yeah. I expected. And okay. Then I, you know, I moved on. Sure. It didn't have that like effect on me. And for me, that's okay. I, I really enjoy movies like that, but yeah. I think just, I don't know, for a superhero movie to do that, I kind of expect more because I, and I hope that this creates movies that are a little bit more affecting. It's sort of the same thing to me as like Civil War. Civil War mm-hmm. gets the job done, right? Yeah. 
And I like that movie a lot. I think it does a lot of things that I didn't think it could do. And I was really right. impressed with what they were able to do with it. But I didn't leave Civil War changed or affected all that much. I mean, I consider Civil War basically a good season finale. Like, it's like a two-hour, like, episode event. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, it's actually, like, two and a half, like, three hours almost. But it's like, yeah, like you say, you don't really get, like, a huge emotional experience from it. You're just basically seeing the next step for these characters. And it's a big step, don't get yeah. me wrong. But and it's, it's fun like in its step. own right. Yeah. yeah. But this movie has, I feel, like, genuine consequences. Like, I don't know if they're going to, like, because this movie takes place in 2029, 20, right? If I'm yeah, they said 2029. I thought it was supposed yeah. to be 2023, but at either way, I think that people are saying that this is setting up like an X Force movie, possibly. Uh, are you thinking 2023 because of X 23? No, um, I just remember the rumors leading up to it. I think people were like directors, the uh, Mangold, I think said 2023 at some point, but in the movie, I'm pretty okay. sure they say 2029. Right. So I mean, we might not actually see the genuine consequences, or we might actually see the build up to it more in these next couple of films, but this does feel like, Hey, this is the definitive, like we're putting our foot down. This is what's going to happen. Like yeah. so-and-so. And I think to me, that's what really makes, I think that's what I think is standing out for a lot of people is just how consequential these, this movie feels. But at the same time, I don't know if I had the quite as much of an emotional experience as some people had up until like maybe the end or so. And one other character, like, I don't know if I'm quite as like, shocked by it as some other people are i don't know about you though well you know what i think we've we've given a good big picture rundown how we feel about this movie i think it's sort of safe to say that you know we both really like this film i want more of this i think that logan does a lot of things really well i just don't think it's quite as special in what it is more than what it represents that i think a lot of people are giving it credit for well and that's not a bad thing it's just sort of an observation i mean I'd say it's special. I just don't know if it's precious, if that makes sense. That's a, probably a better word for it, yeah. And uh, it sounds like you're not too far away from where I'm at. It's just sort of – I'm still sorting through it, so like I'm not yeah. sure. But anyway, let's uh, let's let's just go ahead and talk about spoilers now because I think that a lot of people listening to this who are still in this conversation are going to expect that. So yeah, we'll talk they about more concrete stuff. Yeah, saw it too. So. It, I mean it had a huge opening. So okay, from this point on, yeah. spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled on Logan, we're going to spoil the heck out of it. Starting now. All right. So I do want to say one thing. This movie would have elevated like a whole letter grade. Not really, but a whole letter grade for me, maybe if, uh, if they had had, if they had just put another X-Men character toward the very end, like revealed something about Eden, that was a surprise. And so to me, what I was really hoping was going to happen was that he was going to find all those kids and there was going to be like an old X-Men character, you know, who we hadn't seen in a while, who was revealed to be alive and they were kind of taking care of them. I was really hoping it would be like, for example, Magneto or, uh, so, you know, just a, someone similar. Like you could have had that, like, because of course Charles Xavier dies and you could have had that, like Magneto finding out about it. And I just thought that was a bit of a missed opportunity, a sort of redemptive arc they could have done. You know, they could have aged up Fassbender. I don't care that I would have been into it, but I don't know. Did you have that same feeling as me or am I just crazy? Uh, no, not really. But I get what you're saying. I just don't, I don't know. I feel like if they did that, it would have felt like a studio shoehorning in like a character as opposed to like, I mean, they could have made a way, they, they could have had a way to make it work. But I just feel like most of the time when Fox does that, it's, it feels super shoehorny. Like, here's Gambit or 
here's Wolverine in first class or here's Wolverine in uh, but they were Apocalypse. S- I agree, but they were setting it up that way. They were showing the comic books. They were showing like sure. the characters in there who were like – and you. so you're thinking to yourself, oh, so like the X-Men, somebody's idea was Eden. Whose idea was it? We never get any sort of like idea of where this – Eden place comes from where they're going are they actually going to be safe and I don't think they're really going to do another movie like in this I mean I no. guess they're going to do X23 right. in some way but do you know what I'm saying though like I just yeah, feel like I it was missing something no I mean I get that I just feel like I didn't think I had a lesser viewing experience because of that I just I get what you're saying I don't saying, either but... I'm just sort of pointing it out because I really wish it had happened <laughs> it's my own expectations yeah me. I don't know I just I feel like that's just kind of uh, baiting the audience almost just like hey here's a like like a little thing for you guys it just i like that they kept it simple and straightforward and just like we're just going to stick to the plot you guys just want to see wolverine do his thing and kind of make his peace before he dies and I, here yeah, you go i get that that totally makes sense i just think it's weird that they sort of introduce an idea and kind of like reinforce it so strongly and they're so ambiguous about which mutants could still be around that I just thought it was weird that they sort of just say, yeah, the kids met up in this shack and then they left. Okay. And then that's it. <laughs> like, I'm just so, like, okay. Here's a real, I have, I don't know this because I saw it in advanced screening. Like I said, is there anything after the credits? Nope. No. Okay. Because I remember when Deadpool, they had something at the end. So I just didn't know if they add something. Cause there was rumors about like something happening at the end. So I wasn't sure if that was, in the film or not so. nothing at all no i think what uh what ends up happening is or what they did was they put the deadpool 2 trailer like at the very oh, okay. beginning yeah so yeah. that they wanted to lead with the end with the end credit scene because mm-hmm. they wanted it to end in a serious note right that makes sense yeah i th- i could see, I see fox trailer, doing so. that from now yeah. on actually like leading their movies with like a post credits you know, scene, you know what I'm saying? So like a pre, that, a pre post-credits. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that way it makes sense to me because that's Marvel's thing. They're already yeah. doing that. They have, they sort of have ownership of the stay after the credits. Yeah. Let them have that because X-Men movies maybe could be more about like a whole complete experience. I don't know. Yeah. Just a theory. Do you remember, do you remember when Amazing Spider-Man 2 had a, a Days Future Past trailer in the credits? Oh yeah, that was weird. That was weird, <laughs> and that's that made a lot of people think that there was going to be a connection. Right, and that was. You botched. know why they did that? Because Sony and Fox, uh, they like you know they get a little friendly with each other from time to time. But uh, no, uh, I, uh, I vaguely remember the the story behind it. It was uh, Mark Webb because he had a contract after Five Hundred Days of Summer to do another movie with Fox, and he decided to make Maze Spider-Man Two, and they said we'll let you do this if you advertise one of our movies. So. Ah, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Makes so. sense, yeah. The better movie got advertised. Um, yeah. Another another thing about this movie that I didn't... Okay, there were two things about Logan I didn't like. Okay. I didn't like how these characters kept making stupid decisions. I didn't understand why Charles uh, Xavier was... It was clear to me that they were tracking... They were finding a way to track Logan and Xavier and Laura. And they just sort of like, and you know, Wolverine is sort of like, well, you know, like we can't just stay here with this family. They're going to die. And Xavier's like, oh, no, it's fine. And we never sort of get an idea for like why he's willing to put this family in danger when it's clear that they're going to get caught. And so like that ends up. And then Wolverine's like, I'm going to leave, even though he's the one who is suspicious. (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why would you leave? Why would you? 
that 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 was like that was a part of it that I was a little like okay this this needed another rewrite because this doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I think I didn't really think about it at the time, but that does kind of seem odd. I don't know. It was that, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a huge complaint because it really was only like that part of the movie right. where I felt like they had a reason to be on their guard more. Like sure. I get I could buy it like before where they're staying at the hotel because they don't they don't know that uh what's his name Calaman or Calamar he's been you know captured and so they're using him right but he just sort of forgets that (laughs) you know like when it you know he doesn't like even assume that that's how they were able to find them in the first place so I thought that was weird that Uh, was a was that Steve Merchant's character what's his name yeah yeah Uh, yeah yeah the guy with who hates the sun yeah right yeah because I didn't think his sacrifice was a little weird because like you said they didn't really know he was in there so like when he did that, it was just like, oh, the car exploded. Maybe he was doing that because he didn't want them to know. I would, I would imagine. Right? Yeah, I get, I know, but like in the way the movie set up was like he was doing it like with them knowing, but like when you see Wolverine see the car explode, it just to him looks well, like, oh, yeah, that car exploded. <laughs> uh, well, I could buy though that like he would, he was willing to do it without being revealed, maybe out of shame and out of like to him, right. it doesn't really matter if they know. He just wants to help. So I, yeah, bu- I that, bought that. Sure, that that adds a nihilistic angle of the film i guess oh man this movie is nothing but nihilism it's just i mean not really but this movie would make russ colt oh geez calm down guys (laughs) i also i gotta say i i I don't like what they did with xavier's death i i think that him being killed like for the purposes of this movie it's fine because you see it coming sure and like he gets killed by wolverine in the end right but not really wolverine So you mean like after, for the legacy of the character? Yeah, it's just I I understand that this isn't like the main canon or whatever you want to call it, but right. I don't know. We've been watching Xavier through all this time, and like we've seen him die once, and he comes back, and technically he we've seen him die. Flew twice. in the air and exploded. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying that it's <laughs> it's a bad death or how they handled yeah. it, but it just it felt sort of anticlimactic to me that. That's what does him in. It, it, there's never any mention whatsoever of Magneto, and I get it. It's Wolverine's movie. But how do you separate Xavier so callously from the rest of the X-Men lore to the point where, I don't know. I, I like parts of it were ambiguous, that they didn't go into too much detail about yeah. what happened to the other X-Men. But I also kind of was, I, I don't know. I wanted to know because they've created a reality that affects a lot of characters that I'm invested in. And I... Maybe I'm just not as big of a Wolverine fan as everybody else. Sure. I mean, would I have liked to seen a bigger death for Xavier? Sure. But did I mind in the film? Not really. Right. I mean, me neither. I think, it again, it worked for the purposes of the film. It's just, I don't know. It felt weird. It felt weird for the yeah, context of this movie and the other movies. Yeah, I, I would say that's like the one thing. Like, If you were to watch this movie without seeing any of the other X-Men movies, you wouldn't think much of it. But knowing the character and the right, legacy yeah. is kind of like it is a really like uh, almost insultingly downbeat note. So I only have one more nitpick, and then you can you can okay. t- you can take the floor on if you want to nitpick it or if you want to actually give uh, us some. Okay, but uh, okay, this entire thing where he wakes up, falls asleep, wakes up, falls asleep, wakes up, falls asleep, like. I I wanted to count. It felt like they had done that like a dozen times over the course of this movie where Wolverine falls asleep and then wakes up and he's surprised. And at one point they started just doing that over and over again, like a montage. I thought it was kind of, I thought it was poorly edited personally, because like, you're not supposed to feel like, 
like if it's a, if it's supposed to be a montage, or you're supposed to make it feel like it's been a long time, and he's going in and out. There's a way to do that without it being tedious. Uh, I I mean, I agree. I can see why it is tedious, but at the same time, like life is tedious to Wolverine. Like that is like he just wakes up every day, and it's just like Ugh, another day, another day, another day, another day. And I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, that's a loose uh, defense for it. I'll say. I said it was yeah. I said it was a nitpick, so it doesn't really deserve like a you know like a legal defense or anything. Right. It was just something that was happening in the movie that I made fun of a, a little bit of fun of. But I agree that it is kind of adding to the whole repetitive nature of the film, which I th- think is intentional and not. So yeah. Okay. I I do want to say some really nice things about Logan because first of all, the action is the best. It it, it is the best right. action that I, we've seen in an X Men movie since Deadpool, and I don't say that lightly. Um, sure <laughs> so one year but yeah i i just think that i do like that they went for the r rating i do like that they made it bloody that's a really good touch i think that it's a little silly to sort of hinge the entire movie on that because as an action movie it's i don't know i have it's nice and it's bad because the nice thing is that you have like a serious movie a thoughtful movie and you're able to put the action in there just enough to entertain people and sort of introduce them to you know, movies that take their time and are a little bit slower with the buildup, mm-hmm. right? I, I can imagine that there were a lot of like younger, you know, movie fans who maybe they've never seen The Road. You know, maybe they've never seen, you know, one of these like, it's not really a Western, but like a neo Western, a, a Coen Brothers movie. And maybe this is the film that sort of introduces them to basically what oh. Logan was kind of mimicking, right? Uh, assuming they suck into the theater, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, they stay with their parents. And like, I remember when I was a bit younger and, you know, when I was not old enough to see R-rated movies and I just watched whatever, I think that watching more adult movies with my parents made me appreciate those genres more as I grew up. And I really appreciate that Logan sort of does that in a way. And, you know, and another nice thing I'll say, I think that they nailed the mashup between like a dystopian, a dystopia and a Western. I thought they did it oh, really yeah. well, blended perfectly. hundred percent. I give, I give the cinematographer just mad credit for that. Yeah. Because like every shot of this movie is consistent. There's like never, never at this point in this movie was I sort of feeling like, Oh, this is a studio mandated. Like mm-hmm. they're just doing this to sort of like pluck my heartstrings or anything like that. Yeah. All came it's almost the, Almost Australian in a way, like kind of a not Mad Max, but had that kind of like oh, like the uh, movie Australia starring Hugh Jackman yeah, yeah, yeah. and Nicole Kidman. I got gotcha. you. No, it it did kind of remind me of. Did you see the Rover? The Rover with a uh, guy Pierce and uh, Robert Pattinson. When did that come out? That that must have been like oh seven uh, years ago, twenty fourteen. Oh wow. Okay, I've never heard of it. Oh, you should check it out. I love that movie. And all it is, it's just like it's a very dis- like grounded dystopian movie where it's just like a guy who's just trying to kind of make his peace in a post-apocalyptic world. And I, I remind me of that movie. It, a lot. Does, I mean, it reminds me of Mad Max. You just described it. Was, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but it's I don't want to get into spoilers. It's like it, it's, there's like no big action to it. It's just basically characters talking about life and if there is meaning to it and stuff. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's the guy that did Animal Kingdom. It's his follow up movie. So sure. That's, and that's I, the other thing. Okay. I do want to say this about Logan real fast. I'm sorry. I was affected by it in the way that I really like the Logan character. But I don't think this movie really... Correct me if I'm wrong and I just missed something. But this movie doesn't really say that much. Right? Like, you can say it's nihilism. Uh, 
But it's really just a guy who sort of is grumpy and cranky. He's lived a long life. He's been through some stuff. He looks after a kid. We've seen that movie a lot of times. There was no part of it where I was like, sort. Of, I don't think it did anything different with what it was sort of showing us. And I never thought, like, this is what they're saying about superhero movies. I mean, it, I guess you could make the argument, like, I like the comic books being a thing. But to me, that felt more like a gimmick, not really something where I was like, wow, this is saying something deep about mythology. Do you, do you think it's trending the same ground as, like, Watchmen? Oh, see, Watchmen, I don't want to say anything bad about Watchmen. No, I'm not asking you to. Because I, I think that that movie is a lot better than people give it credit for. I, well, I'm I th- talking more the comic, but okay. Yeah, the movie, too. Well, I think, okay, if we're talking about the comic, I, I don't think Logan needs to try to be quite as, like, groundbreaking and innovative as something like Watchmen because that was like for its time it was like way before its time sure but at the same time like even a movie like I can appreciate a movie like uh, let me try to think of a good superhero movie like I don't want to go back to the Dark Knight train or anything so let's just look at let's just look at let's just look at the other X-Men movies the other X-Men movies had a lot of social commentary right so okay. I mean, yeah, you could you could bring up Kickass as a good idea as a good you know, but just the X Men movies were always about something. They were always about like the mutants and how the rest of society views them. Logan sort of like that stuff sort of like setting. It's not necessarily like this movie is about a person who does you know. Th- there was no commentary, I guess, is what I'm saying on anything else. It just sort of was very straightforward, and I don't know if I really like that all that much because I'm so used to X-Men movies sort of trying other things, the good ones at least. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's giving cadence to the whole Western aspect is that it is very straightforward. And I'm, I mean, I can see that being lesser than the other movies, but at the same time, I do really like that just like bare bones, just we're doing this our way and we're just going to tell the story as efficiently as possible. So I don't know. I mean, I, I agree that I don't think it's like this deep, uh, well, like deeply searching, like like we're gonna be picking this movie apart for years the same way that we do, like I guess the Watchmen, like I said before. But at the same time, I don't. I mean, I guess okay. I, I agree. We, I agree, and I don't. If we simplified it a little bit, so maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little bit too ambitious with what I'm saying. But I, let's just take a let's just take a look at two movies, two of the best movies of 2016: Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight. What I loved about Manchester by the Sea is that it was a really believable it was a really believable movie about how grief in a man works, how men grieve. That's the point sure. of the movie. The whole yeah. point of Moonlight is a person who can't articulate themselves and them having to deal with their surroundings. What I got from Logan, well I, I didn't get anything like that, like a co- like a I don't want to say it was coherent, but I never got like a consistent tone throughout that movie. A consistent like this is the Logan character. This is the point of this movie. This is why you're watching this. I got a look how awesome you can, look how awesome a superhero movie can be when you actually like put you know surface level themes in it. Sure. And to me, I don't know. I wanted a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's not quite as deep as Manchester by the Sea, but. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I agree with you for the most part on this. But yeah, I don't want to say it as if like, oh, it, it's it has to be as good or better than a movie like that. I think that that's not what I'm trying to say. I guess I'm just sort of trying to like make. I'm trying to make it more obvious, like right. what I'm looking for. 
with this yeah. movie because look i'll agree with anybody that this is i think this is a truly good film i think it's actually pretty great i think that it's a b plus like you give it i guess mm-hmm. i'm just sort of responding to all of this like i'm seeing like praise for logan that like i've i haven't seen for like most movies right like mm-hmm. people saw moonlight and they were kind of like oh yeah that's pretty good but like people are saying like logan is a masterpiece and they're giving like mm-hmm. these huge like they're basically saying that's like they're putting it as like one of their favorite movies and like and i'm just sort of re- re- reacting to that i guess and not in yep. a way that sort of minimizes how other people feel about logan because i'm really you know it's great that they had an experience like that with the movie but is it really all that good that's the question right like is it that good or is it just sort of like you know i mean i agree that it's not i mean i'm gonna say it's i don't think it's as good as the dark knight and i don't think it accomplishes what that film did and i it's the reason why i'm not going to call it a masterpiece but i i do really like what it did and i liked how it did it and i'm really excited for what it's going to do so yeah that's about as good as i think we're gonna get um all right, so we've talked about Logan for a good while. Let's go ahead and talk about... Uh, we so, didn't even uh, talk about the ending of the movie. Oh, what did you want to talk about with the ending? Well, the last shot. His death? No, the the, the cross and they made it next. What do you oh. think about that? Uh, I mean, I thought that was... In a way, I thought... I thought right, it, it's kind of... I, I, I thought it was, thought, really I thought it was cheesy. Okay, here's the thing. That's what I mean. I think it's half brilliant, half kind of cheesy, the director going like, Good job, everybody. Look, we look. look at, I'm so proud. <laughs> it would have it would have been a lot more successful. I didn't have a problem with it, but look, it would have been more successful if they had actually done a better job of setting up this theme of like Logan being Jesus. I'm not saying all movies need to do that, and like we've seen Snyder destroy that. Maybe that's uh, why. But I didn't quite get the Jesus thing, but I I see. Well, why that's the idea, that. right? Like the cross be, turning into an X, and like right. X means Christ, and like if they had actually yeah. done work to make that pay off. Where you're sure. like being subconsciously getting that the movie is saying that Christ is like maybe if the movie had been trying to say that Christ is like human or more human than you think or like this person who is a god is kind of like the rest of us, they they yeah. only they only sort of get to that once and that's through like how Wolverine is like a larger than life character. I don't think that the movie does a great job because a lot of people are going to miss that for that reason. Like I think that they they're too distracted by the cross turning into an X for X-Men instead of sure. getting what I think the director was trying to say which is oh it's an X because we think of Christ as and I I know I'm getting all religious on this maybe it's maybe it's more obvious if you're if you're just like I inundated mean, with like religion but like with a cross that's like the representation of like Christ you know being God and then turning right. into an X is the more literal interpretation of like mm-hmm. who Christ really is because X means Christ. So yeah. anyway, I knew you'd have something to say about it. So I didn't want to <laughs> walk see, out okay. of here. With, yeah. I, I knew you'd have something to say. So yeah. Well, that's the thing. I didn't, I, I was pretty neutral. I, okay. I thought that that was, it was touching. I thought it was a little cheesy yeah. and I, I don't know. I, I see as it's sort of a missed opportunity that, I think for some people it'll be like, a, oh, that's cool. That's what he was trying to say yeah. later on. Uh, I wish it had been a little bit more like, yeah, a little set up better. But um, two small nitpicks. I'll be like two minutes on this. Yeah, uh, do it. One, I think they went a little overboard on the swearing. To be honest, not like I'm not like a grandpa and I can handle the swearing. Whatever. I just felt like they were kind of going overboard. Like we get it. You guys can say the f word. Like uh, I, I, I disagree. Um, it never it, bothered I, me. I mean, I, I to me like the most effective the most effective uses of the F word were at the beginning when we see 
Wolverine for the first time, and he just murmurs like he just says it under his breath, like it's not a big mm-hmm. deal. He just says it. And the second time is when uh, Xavier says it because we're just so used to him being like this well-spoken, you know, cordial guy, and he to him just kind of speak in this plain tone was really effective. But other than that, it felt a little much at times. So okay, I, uh, fair enough. Okay, and I think they went like. We get it. You're being Shane. You don't need to show five minutes of Shane to get to that point. Five minutes of Shane? No, no, Shane, the Sean Wayne movie. That's what they're watching on oh, TV. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. That was a little bit like they didn't I, I thought, need to be like, this is a Western. Like, we got right. it. I thought, I thought that was a little on the nose, to be honest. Yeah. Again, but, though, it didn't bother me. Okay, that's just two things that we didn't bring up that kind of grinded my gears a little bit. But not, not in a way that hurt my experience. Just more like, eh, it doesn't sit great with me but yeah so but as as we already said i mean you can you can nitpick any movie we're not trying to say that like man i wish this movie had been as perfect as like other superhero movies i'd say that one thing that i think logan holds lords actually over a lot of other superhero movies is the fact that there aren't that many nitpicks that i had with it throughout the whole thing and yeah they weren't usually distracting so i actually give it a lot of credit for it I, i give the writers a lot of credit they did a great job of like keeping it together keep like keeping the plot holes at bay and you know yeah. crafting an experience i think that like a very complete experience for everybody i will say that even though it's not i, I will say it's not the best superhero movie since the dark knight it's probably the, the tightest since the dark knight as far as plotting and scripting goes so i mean i did look at my watch a couple times but in my defense okay. it, it was a little long it was a little long 130 135 i think or 132 or something it was uh, two hundred. It was two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So one thirty-five. I don't. I don't want to say. Yeah. I. I don't know what I would compare it to. I don't know what I would say. Like best since whatever. Honestly. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying because every everywhere I've gone, I've heard people say like, "Oh, this is the best since Dark Knight." Or it's better than Dark Knight. Or can it be as good as Dark Knight? Like, <laughs> is that uh, what we're how, saying? <laughs> it's like saying like. Are we allowed to disown Jesus? Like, it, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I get... <laughs> yeah, some people haven't. <laughs> I don't know. I just, like... Do we worship Logan now? Did he yeah. die for our sins? Okay. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, he had the X on the ground. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think we're on the same page, and I think we both like this movie a lot, and I just don't know if I'm quite, like, through the roof on it, like Matt was, for instance, but... I am definitely loving what this movie is going to do. We're going gener- to break his yeah. heart. He's going to he's going to listen to this maybe, and he's going to he's just going to like want to come on again and and he's like that, rip us uh, to pieces. That Indian in that one commercial where he, like zooms in and just you see the tear come down his eye. Jesus, oh, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be, I think it's going to be more like rage. <laughs> like, let uh, me tell you is, guys. Claws just come out of his uh, knuckles and he's just like, <laughs> but just two. Just two. Yeah, just two. Just one, actually. I, I do wish that they could have shown uh, one of Logan's other children, uh, Dakin, from the comics, because that would have been cool. Okay. But, that yeah, would have been probably fun. Not. I don't think... It, what are they going to do now, Will? Like, are they going to... X-23. No Wolverine. Well, yeah, but I mean, are we just never going to see Wolverine in live action again until they recast mm-hmm. him and people forget about Jackman? I, I mean, knows. that's kind of why I brought up 2029, because like I said, we have that window, technically, because I mean... There is like a gap of time where we could theoretically go back and see Wolverine. Like this is just the sure. final chapter. Well, I mean, the next X Men movie is going to have Mister Sinister, right? So, sure. This is the next, like you know, the team movie. But right. it's just weird to me. How are you going to do 
X-Men without Wolverine. And especially I'm, I'm, for the movies. I'm guessing they're probably going to reboot it like 10 years down the line. Yeah. It's just it's a shame. I I, I do like that I or, do like the idea of them sort of mimicking cuz the comics didn't always they don't have Logan and every single, you know, team up and everything. I want to right. see X-Force. You don't need him sure. for that. But I think it's just going to be really difficult for them to um, divorce Wolverine from their movies because he's become yeah. such a crucial ingredient. But look, first we class have a, do, may do without him. So we, yeah, we have new we have the new mutants coming up. So I mean, that's one way we can diverge. And I think they're going to even really the title on. addresses the problem, right? So it's literally yeah. like, hey, new mutants. And, and my biggest concern is that they're going to bank too much on Deadpool being the new Wolverine, which is kind of concerning. As much as I love Deadpool, he's not Wolverine. You well, know? part of me doesn't think that. Part of me thinks that they're sort of priming their like secondary films, if you even want to call them that, as like their anthology films being these like really punchy standalone features that even if they are like a sequel like Deadpool 2, they're R-rated sure. And you sort of like have a different expectation out of them. So that's what I see Deadpool as being. I, I could see them doing that again with another, uh, with, you know, X-Force or New Mutants. Like those are the edgy X-Men movies. And then you get your Apocalypse and your Mr. Sinister ones. You know, those are your like big tentpole comes out in July movies. But hey, in February, you get the R-rated X-Men movie. Right. So I'm good and with that personally. And don't forget, we have Logan or not uh, Legion on TV and stuff. So. That's true. That's true. It almost makes me wish that Legion was sort of being another like R-rated X-Men movie because I like what they're doing. So, right. um, well, that is in the universe, right? They said it's like all self-contained, so or it's not. Self- oh, you think like, you could maybe of- like either have a crossover or launch into? Maybe I don't know, man. Fair enough. If it's in the universe. All right. Well, that's a lot of X-Men talk for for one Cinemaholics podcast. Before we close out, let's talk about a couple other films coming out uh, that did come out this past weekend. Now, I didn't. I I just went through a move, and so I have watched nothing <laughs> except for a new show on NBC that comes out this Tuesday. But Will, you went out and you saw. Well, wait. Yeah. You didn't see the shack. I didn't see the shack. No. <laughs> what you're leaving? Like, <laughs> no, Will, I come don't, back. I... <laughs> Okay, but I saw it. <laughs> but will, but I did read the book. Okay, I did read the book. I know what happens, and I can't talk to you about the shack. Yeah, at least I got a review out of it. I have. <laughs> did you really only watch the the movie? Just talk to talk about. Yeah, because you said we're gonna talk about. It, so I was like, I gotta see this movie. All right, I I owe you one. I'll watch a really crappy movie just to <laughs> just to make up for it. But right. uh. I <laughs> uh, I get veto power. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, so the shack. Um, I actually, I did, I did read this book in, I think it was like in high school, and kind of hated it. I, I, I don't say that lightly. I know a lot of people who really love the book. Uh, I know a lot of people who really dislike the movie, and <laughs> some people who really loved it. So, Will, how, how did you come away from the shack? Okay, so I didn't read the book. I'm going in cold turkey as far as the movie is concerned. And I overall, I felt like it's better than most of the pure flicks movies, like God's Not Dead and um, what else would they hit? You've seen all those ones? Uh, I saw God's Not Dead 1, 2, and I saw I'm Not Ashamed, which was actually kind of okay. Only because the lead actress in that was way better than the material deserved. Oh, I see. Uh, no Melissa was- Joan Hart, though, I bet. 
No. Uh, it's, I don't know, that one, that's a weird story for why I saw that, and I'll tell it a different time. But <laughs> okay. uh, it, it's a weird movie, because it's like recreating Columbine, but like oh. messing up all the, all, messing up like all the facts and like saying that like the reason they killed all these people is because they were like God-hating mongrels that like, uh, it, it's a really messed up movie. Yeah, okay, so. <laughs> hmm. It's like, it's like morally gray, like to say the least. Wow. Yeah. All because right. the actual girl is based on like she didn't really have much impact on the bullies. It just like she just like asked them like when they're about to shoot her, they said like, "Do you still believe in God or something?" And then she said yes, and they shot her. That's like the whole basis for the film. And yeah, so, what's it? Cassie Bernal, I think, is her name. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the shack is. I don't know. It, it's like better than those movies because they actually put a genuine effort. Like the performances all around are pretty good. Oh, like Sam, Worth- Sam Worthington, yeah. Sam Worthington Octavia is Spencer. Yeah. Is the weak link, but he's actually not that bad. Wait, like he, well, hold on, hold on. Sam, Sam Worthington is the weak link in a movie that has Tim McGraw. How is actually, that possible? Okay. I wrote this in my review. I actually think Tim McGraw is becoming a decent character actor. Wow. I don't think I don't think he's great. Like he's he can only play like one character. But I think as a Which character, is Tim McGraw, eh, like a subtler version of Tim McGraw. But like he's okay. like if. If you didn't know it was Tim McGraw, except for maybe this movie because like he has a song in it and stuff, but you, wait, like, hold was, on, there is a song in this movie from Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, yeah. Oh, and is, I, it, is it like the um, the song like in the credits? Yeah. Because, oh, okay, okay. I thought you were talking about like in the middle of the movie, all of a sudden they start singing because that means but, I'm watching it tonight. Yeah. So apparently, did I tell you about Delilah? Delilah, I think not the did person. I tell you about- before the movie starts, the like, like radio it, personality, right? Yeah, the movie is about to start, and this like screen comes on. It just says "The Shack World Premiere." Screen fades out, and Delilah comes on the screen. It's like, Delilah. "Hello, I'm yeah, like, oh, we got a wonderful movie for you guys. It's based on one of my favorite books, and it's now one of my favorite movies. And oh, I just love everything. And Tim McGraw has a song, so you guys stay tuned, and I'm going to interview everybody in the movie. Afterwards. Wait, this is the beginning. Yes, this is before the movie what? starts. They know their audience, though, because yeah. the people who go out to see The Shack and are enthusiastic to see The Shack are, are like, yes, I want this. Yeah. yeah, okay. Know your audience. Like, Yeah, so like to me, like like I said, normally like I don't go into movies judging them. Like, I try to give an open mind. But uh, as soon as that came on, I'm like, all right, I know exactly what this is going to be. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah. This, yeah, it's just like I don't know, it, it is very much pandering to – a certain audience and that's not a bad thing like right yeah especially can't. because this is your favorite movie of 2017 isn't it oh yeah for sure i mean <laughs> uh I don't know, it's just like oh i forgot i didn't finish my thoughts sam Worthington. i think he, he has a really bad american accent but all things considered he's actually doing an okay job like he's really putting his heart into this and yeah. it, it, it's clearly a deeply felt performance i just think he needed a better film to showcase that because like everyone else is doing fine, like Octavia Spencer is the one like legitimately great performance in here, and she is really making this material work. And it's, it's hard to get her to not act well. I know, but I mean, like you always see her in like pretty good movies. So like when yeah. you see her in a bad or a bad movie, it it really stands out to me. Like to me, that's what made it stand out more than like Hidden Figures, where like everything in that movie is pretty much working, and she's just like a part of that. She did like, sort of save Dinner for Schmucks. She wasn't that, and she was in Halloween too. Uh, Halloween two, like the sequel to yeah. Halloween. 
Yeah, the Rob Zombie movie. She's that nurse that like, screams. Like she's like the first person to die. Oh, in that I forgot that. Oh wow. Yeah, I haven't I see. I haven't seen the Rob Zombie ones in a while. Because yeah, I, remember, I don't blame you. Yeah. Oh, How many different... movies have we talked about other than the Shack right now? <laughs> yeah, that kind of tells you something, doesn't it? Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Shack is about a uh, a man who uh, he's the father of uh, a young girl, and they're on a hiking trip, and she unfortunately is abducted, and so. The movie is about him processing his grief, and over the, along the way, as he processes, he stumbles upon a group of people who purport to be very key to his spiritual life. So that's sort of the setup. There's a lot more involved, and I think most people know what the movie, like what the twist, if you want to call it that, is yeah. on what's going if, on. I will say that if you are seeing this movie, there's a 95% chance you know what's coming. Yeah, because you've, you've either read the book or like, you know, or you okay, saw yeah. the trailer or you you have a general idea. And you know, what? I've heard decent things about this movie. I heard it's not very I, I heard it's pretty good I, or not good. I've heard that it's for what it is. Well, it's not bad. Let's see. That's the kind of thing. It's like it's not that's what I mean. It's not God's not dead too bad. It's not like offensive. Like I'm laughing like but in my hand like there's no like Christian Christian persecution complex is what you're saying. Uh, like there is but it's done kind of artfully so like you can kind of get into it a little bit like there's these scenes where like you see the kind of purgatory it's portraying and there are some like generally beautiful shots like like you'll see some on the trailer like it's just like some of these shots like really like you know take you back because it's like they make wow, me think like, of narnia personally yeah for sure like like the production value on some of these things is really good so like it's clear that they had a budget and they had like the artistic uh, integrity to do it but then like how like okay so the movie starts off like the first five minutes is literally the main character as a kid killing his father by poisoning him hmm. and then we don't come back to that at all that's i mean that sounds like <laughs> it sounds like it it finished itself and i don't think you need to add any more well and then we don't like is that is that in the book the the kid like is this like the murderer or the uh the main character murders his father because he's a drunk. And he's beating his mom. I don't remember that being in the book. I, is it might be? It might be something I forgot or something that they reveal toward the end, because he does like reveal some like bad stuff that happened, like that happened in his past in the book. But it doesn't open with that. No. Okay. Brief spoiler for the shack. If you know what you're gonna see, if you think this is for you, see it whatever and and go easy okay. on me if i if i got any part of this wrong because it has been like 10 years since i read this sure. book so the only time this comes back is at the very end of the movie when you see it's another like kind of pretty shot where you see all the different souls of different people and they're all different colors of the rainbow and like you, you he goes up to them and he meets his father and basically his father's like hey i forgive you for murdering me and Holy it's like okay cow. it's like okay wow it's like bye fade away <laughs> look i don't i don't usually say this because i think art should be provocative but that sounds dangerous right. that sounds kind of like willfully dangerous right like who walks away from that being like that's okay that's a good thing yeah. to tell people <laughs> that's a good that's a good like theme okay but see there's like a lot of nutty stuff like that in the movie like there's a scene where sam worthy thing goes through a mountain like literally transports into a mountain and has a conversation with a woman named Wisdom, where she's like, "I'm into it." If you had to kill, if you had to kill one of your kids, who would it be? What? And it's like, it's like, 
like if I saw, if I say it on paper, like or if I say it to you now, that sounds completely crazy. And there's like another scene where main character is literally running on water with Jesus. It's like huh. you couldn't be a little more subtle with that one, could you? <laughs> I mean, that is in the uh, trailer. Yeah, I'm just saying, like for all the nutty stuffs in this movie, it's so boring. Like if you're gonna be nutty, like God's Not Dead is a nutty movie, but you're like. Like, so bad, it's good. Like, it's just, like, you're in it because it's so nutty. It's, like, you kind of have to see how far it goes. Where this movie, it's just as nutty, but it's just so boring because they have the money and the skill to pull it off, but they just don't do it because it's clear that the well, filmmakers are really all that invested in it. They're just trying to make a paycheck. I'll let you in on a little not-secret. The okay. book is pretty boring, too. The book is okay. nothing but, like... Actually, what you're describing sounds way more entertaining than the book because in the book, it's literally him walking around the shack having pseudo intellectual conversations with like these characters and they are not very interesting. They're all just sort of like moral platitudes that are really like dry. And I remember I, I had a hard time getting through it because I just yep. thought it was very like, I don't know. It just, it didn't like, I think here, here's my thing on religious movies. And even if you want to call them religious, but if you want to call them like faith-based movies, Make them what they should be, sermons. Because you know the difference between a sermon and a faith-based movie? A sermon can actually be convincing and persuasive and actually come from, like, passion, right? But when you try to tell a sermon Preach, through, Brother John. When Preach. You try, when you try to tell a sermon through fiction, it's just – it's not as good. I Honestly, look – I say this as somebody who I see that these movies literally are just preaching to the choir. I don't think a lot of right. these movies really have – and maybe that's not fair to say. I think I think some people do watch movies like this and it does sort of like either reinforce or it might start conversations for somebody who wants to become a Christian. But a sermon I think is a more effective way of getting to that because it's more honest and straightforward and it, you either get it or you don't. But when you try to masquerade it as sort of like this fictional story with like – I don't know – with like making a play out of it. I just, I never really bought that growing up personally. Like I never thought that those were nearly as good as sermons. I'm not saying that they're bad or that like there is something that you should like, we should say is a bad thing, whatever. I just think sermons are better. I think sermons as like, just, I don't know. I think sermons are more, what's the word? Charismatic is what I would say. And I mean, less boring. When I think of movies that are basically kind of doing the same thing that, the shack is doing i think of like the tree of life or life of pi or silence or noah these movies like stand out to me because they are on the like they're obviously religious but they're not shoving their religion in their face they're asking compelling universal questions in a way that anyone who's investing or willing to invest in it can get something out of it where this sure. movie i never felt like i got anything out of it i just felt like i was pandered to and like given like a message fest see that's in a way the thing that that's the thing, right? Because I think that there should be movies that, like, if somebody wants to go out there and make a movie about any religion, right? If it's a movie that, like, the religion isn't as widely known, too, because Christianity is a thing that people know about, right? And yeah. so, like, if you're going to make a movie about it, you know, you either go that route with, like, something like Silence or Tree of Life where right. you don't shove it in their face because people can fill in the blanks. I've heard some controversy in the Christian community saying that they don't like how it takes a more universal approach to these sermons. But to me, that was more interesting because I felt like the more universal approach made it a little more wide reaching. But I don't know. I mean, I, overall, it still feels very confined. It doesn't really 
Sounds like that's the least of this movie's problems. Sure, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but we're talking about the audience that's basically hook, line, sinker into this. So yeah, yeah. So it sounds like for what it is and who it's pandering to, it's it's pretty serviceable. Yeah, I will say I don't usually like champion my reviews, but I'll say if, read my review, and if it seems like something you'd like, see it, get your money's worth out of it. Yeah. But I, I mean, if it, if it's like you read it and you're just like, no, then stay away. Well, we'll definitely link to it in the show notes and uh, you guys can read that and get more of Will's perspective. I don't have a review for the movie or the book, fortunately, because I think it would Wait, just be me yelling about sermons for some reason. And I want to see more uh, sermons from John. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I honestly think like whether you whether you find them convincing or not, I think sermons are. They're, they're sort of like hip-hop to me. And the way right. that, like, the good ones, the ones that are, like, very bombastic and they're lyrical and they're kind of used in a way, like, for emphasis. Like, I think of, you know, the churches in, like, Brooklyn that do this yeah. sort of thing. No matter what you believe, they're very, like, they're really compelling because yeah. the way that they, like, send the message. And that's how I think that this, a movie like this could be way more successful. If you use, like, the way that you're sending your message in a way that's, like more it caters to your strengths i guess is all i would say yeah i mean it reminds me of that one simpsons episode where the church makes comics of the bible and it gets the kids like really into the like the bible and i just think like you said like you just not you gotta find a way like these stories are really compelling if you do it in a way it doesn't feel like pandering and like just talking down to people if you just approach them on that's why i love well i don't love but that's why i really like noah is because it does it in that way is that it does it in a kind of more dense, thematically interesting way, I think. So. It's sort of like how like you take an X-Men movie and it just feels like yeah. pandering. Cause you're... No. Uh, what about Exodus, Gods, and Kings? Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> okay. Well, then that's, a, that's another conversation for another day. But uh, Okay, so that's The Shack. What, what was your final grade on it? Uh, I gave it a C-plus at the time, but I'm leaning more towards a C right now. <laughs> Sounds like you could use a sermon yourself. Um I'm just saying, I'm glad we got this out of the way now, because I'm not going to remember this movie next week. Was Did you at least like the song? I don't even remember the song. Being from Pittsburgh, I mean, where do you stand on country music? I, I think it could go either way. Uh, my sister really likes it. I like folk. Okay. Sounds about right. I don't really, I don't like, like, pop country. Oh, yeah. I, mm. I, I think they all sound the same to me, like. I got my Chevy. And... Well, before we alienate, like probably a lot yeah. of our our listeners, we should probably move on to. Oh uh, 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 yeah, I watch. I just watched the first few episodes of a show coming out this week, uh, Tuesday to be exact, uh, the seventh, called Trial and Error on NBC. Have you heard about this one, Will? Mm-mm. Well, unless you... you're talking about that uh, Jeff Daniels movie with Michael Richards. No, it's a Is show. Called... It's a TV. Yeah, but there's show. a movie. But there's a movie called Trial and Error with Michael oh. Richards, and I don't think it has anything Dan- to do with it. Okay, that's all I know from Trial and Error besides court stuff. Trial and Error sounds – yeah, it, there is court stuff obviously, but it, it does sort of seem like a a show created by someone named Jeff Daniels. So. Okay. But yeah. I like uh, yeah, yeah, me too. So <laughs> so Trial and Error – I mean do you, do you like the shows Parks and Recreation, The Office, and Modern Family? Uh, well, I, I like The Office and I like – uh, like the first half of Modern Family and I've liked what I've seen of Parks and Rec. Okay. Well, first, real quick, you should watch all of Parks and Recreation. Um, okay. And uh, see, the second this. season of The Office is the best season, so I don't really know. No, I, I said I like all The Office. Before, oh, oh like, I see what you're saying. I see. Okay. I thought you were before, saying just the first season of The Office. No, no. I like 
I, I think what I meant to say is I like most of The Office. Like before okay. Michael before Michael leaves, I think that's when the show goes downhill. But uh, I think they're not long. Yeah. yeah, like the first six or so seasons are good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I just don't have enough knowledge on the other two that have a concrete opinion at this point. Well, I know you like Community. Now imagine somebody took they took the format of The Office, the <laughs> The format of The Office, especially in the way that it's a mockumentary that knows it's a mockumentary and actually, like, you know, points it out, and the humor of The Office. You mixed it with, like, a small town being really weird and eccentric from Parks and Recreation. Okay, so and The Office. Then, and then you mix it with a show that always and another mockumentary, Modern Family, that always ends on, like, a bunch of, like, random platitudes that are barely linking back to, like, what this episode was about. And your main character is a lawyer who's based basically Jeff Winger before he becomes Jeff Winger. And that is trial and error. If that sounds appealing to you, you'll probably uh, like this movie or this show. It sounds like a show a bunch of boardroom executives came up when they were looking at other shows. Oh, and they're like, 100%. Oh, okay. I have a lot of nice things to say about the show. I have some bad things to say about the show. I'll start with the bad. Yeah, I was going to say, start with the bad. But first, I will say, so the whole point of it is it's kind of like parroting, like, serial, or this idea of, like, did this did this guy really murder his wife, is what the show's about. But it's like a comedy, and... This, is, that, is that more like making a murder? It is. No, wait, it, well, no. it's, it's not like a documentary format of making a murder. It's a okay. bit more of, like, you know, they interview him, and, like, he's part of the show. And basically, he's played by John Lithgow. And, oh, I love Joey Lithgow. Oh, he's he's fantastic in this. It's one of his oh, better good. performances. And also, another show that this this one reminds me of is Arrested Development. Uh, the yeah, sort okay. of like the fast energy and the wordplay stuff from Arrested Development is in here too. But uh, it's such a mashup of shows. But basically, this guy from New York, obviously, uh, he I think he's Jewish. They make a joke about it, and it's kind of actually unclear. I think he is. Uh, he he comes from New York to help this small town case. Uh, because his boss uh, forfeited the case, and so he's trying to make it. He's trying to prove that John Lithgow's character is innocent and did not murder his wife. But the show is basically throwing tons of evidence to say he did murder his wife. But he's convinced that it, it's not. It's not what's going on here. And he has a very incompetent team behind him. He has a Dwight Schrute, who's basically like a redneck who has like a bunch of brother cousins who help do various things around the town, and. He has like a secretary slash intern who has like a, like a hundred different disorders. Like she passes out when she sees amazing art, and she she has facial amnesia and can't recognize people. She needs to put name tags on people constantly. Oh, so TV disorders. TV disorders for sure. Uh, a joke literally is that she met someone in her OCD group, but uh, she's just like volunteering there. She doesn't actually have OCD. Okay, it's a weird show. Let's start with the bad. Uh, we didn't already? Basically, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, those are just sort of, you know, those are things. Okay. I really was kind of, I got to say, this show, it, it, I don't want to say, it's just a little mean. It's a okay. little mean-spirited. Well, because I mean, Arrest Development could be mean and Community could be mean, but they had an underlining heart. Are you they, saying this show doesn't have a heart to it? It says it has a heart, but a lot of this, a lot of this show spends its time creating caricatures out of these characters, like most of them sort of being like you know your caricature redneck, mm-hmm. uh, your caricature like basically she's the intern is basically Shirley from Community, but she's a bit of a like she's like ditzy. 
right? Like she's not mm. actually anything like Shirley. She's a bit like she's kind of her own thing, but she's just very like ditzy and dumb. And then you also it takes place in the South. And then you okay. have John Lithgow's character who turns out to be – you find out early on he's like a homosexual. He doesn't realize he's a homosexual, really. And they sort of like – Oh, the old in and out plot. It's just weird. And, and like I don't know. I just found it mean-spirited that like the only character – like the straight character, there are two of them. And they're both white and they're both – like one's from like the north. Mm-hmm. And it's just very like – I don't know. I, I, I felt gross. I'm not gonna it. lie. This show sounds like a disaster. I it here's the thing though. It made me laugh quite a bit okay. because a lot of the a lot of the humor is really well written. It it it's funny most of the time. I just had a hard time liking the humor because I okay. just thought it was mean to its characters. I I didn't find the characters very. Uh, they just like are consistent failures, and I thought it was just like a mean portrayal of the South in a way that I wasn't expecting. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't love it, but I don't know. I think it might be worth checking out if you are interested in a new mockumentary well, that could be decent. In the show's defense, wasn't Parks and Rec kind of rough in the beginning, and then it kind of came into what it be, was like after a season or two? Sure, it, but even in the beginning, it wasn't like it was never offensive, right? Okay, like, it was. It was just sort of like Leslie Nope was kind of out of control, and then they found a way to make her character more endearing. And sure. they could do the same trial and error. I think that they just need to, I don't know. They, they're, they're sort of like throwing all these jokes at the expense of only a couple of the characters and it just looks really bad. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I'll say. Uh, that's trial and error. It comes out Tuesday. On uh, ABC or NBC? NBC. 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 All right. Well, we're we're about done. Let's let's talk about one more thing. Uh, Will you saw another movie that came out this past week, and I was originally planning to see this one too, but uh, Table Nineteen, which just mm-hmm. came out with Anna Kendrick and uh, Craig Robinson, I believe, is in this one. And uh, what is the name? He, he's the guy from uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Forget his name. Oh, Tony Tony Ravelli or Ray. I want to say Ravioli, but it's like that's pretty wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like R E V O. L O R I, yeah, I think it's it. Yeah, we'll say it is. Uh, all right, so what is what is this movie about, Will? And what did you think about it? Okay, so this movie is about a, uh, Anna Kendrick's character, who is this kind of uh, emotionally vulnerable girl who recently went through a pretty massive breakup when her boyfriend from her long time broke up with her via text message, and that just sounds like your average uh, bad breakup. Sure. But the problem is she is the brother of her best friend who is getting married and whose wedding is coming up at the beginning of this movie. And she's debating whether or not she should go. She says yes, then no. And then she says yes. Then she burns the uh, RSVP card. And then she puts it out and she says yes. And she does get to go. But she's now at table 19. And table 19 is the self-dignified randoms of the group which is Stephen Merchant's character, who is this ex-con who is kind of gawky and he's kind of readjusting society and he's like saying like... Like, like every like, other Stephen Merchant character ever. Except for in uh, Logan. I'd say even in Logan. Uh, <laughs> I, thought he was, I thought he was really great at Logan. I didn't mention that before. But uh, he... And like people would be like, hey, like, what do you do? I'm like, business. I'm a businessman. Uh, and so... And then we have Lisa Kudrow and... Craig Robinson, who are a bickering diner couple 
who are just kind of yelling at each other the whole time. And then Tony R is uh, like a, I think they said junior high, but they kind of suggest he's like in high school or college. So it's, I'm not quite sure what is going on there, but he's basically this very horny kid who wants to get his rocks off at the wedding. And then we have uh, June Squibb, who is the nanny of the bride who the bride doesn't remember. So it's hmm. kind of this breakfast club meets wedding crashers thing where you get this like random group of people who are the outsider to this wedding. And that's not a bad premise on its own. I, I was like actually, that premise. Yeah. That and I was actually, I was actually really looking forward to this movie because it's Jeffrey Blitz, the writer director. And he did a movie I love called rocket science with Anna Kendrick. And that to me is like, that was like a Sundance movie before Sundance kind of became a cliche. <laughs> and it's I still think the movie holds up really well. I like I like that movie a lot. Uh he also works on the show called uh Review on Comedy Central. I don't know if you watched that at all with Andy Daly. Mm-mm. Is that show I love that show. That to me is like one of the best like mockumentary shows out there. It's coming up on its third season right now. Honestly one of the funniest shows on TV. And he also did a documentary called Spellbound, which he's like all these movies I like a lot. And shows, and so I was like looking forward to this one, and it comes from a script sure. co- co-written by the Duplass brothers. So like checkmark, checkmark. Uh, like, I go back and forth with Duplass personally. Okay, I like Duplass brothers a lot, but <laughs> here's the thing: I was this is one of my biggest disappointments of 2017 so far because the premise is fine, and I think they have the cast to make it work, and they have the director to make it work, but the characters themselves just feel like outlines of characters as opposed to real mm-hmm. people. And so, like, they basically have, like, like a one-line sentence, like I just said. And that's basically all their characters are. Hmm. And so, like, it's just basically, like, all these different roundabout characters kind of interacting and never feels sincere. And the jokes don't really work because it's not really grounded in reality, but it's not tightened enough to where, like, it could be, like, a like a spoof on wedding or a satire on wedding culture. And, like, even the way that the wedding is shot, like, you never really, like, it feels like... Nobody is like anywhere like it, like you could tell like they were shooting for like one or two different places because like nothing like feels concrete like at one point everything will be really close and at one point like everything's really far away and like maybe that was intentional but it just doesn't feel right in this movie for some reason and I don't know, it just like there's a lot that could have worked in this movie but ultimately it just kind of comes together awkwardly and not a good awkward it's more just like uh, get what you're trying to do but it's just not really working this time. And I don't know. I mean, and then they try to go like hard right into hard right into drama territory and just like it's way like off. And it just like that's like the plot spiller influence, like when they go into this dramatic territory and just like, OK, you guys didn't really earn this turn. And so like it's just uh, it's like a lumpy, not quite consistent at all movie. And I just was disappointed altogether. It's a shame because I was really hoping this would be like a. A better movie for Anna Kendrick. Although, what did you think of Mr. Wright? I mean, that, uh, that was the last movie I saw her in. I thought she did a great job. And I thought Sam Rockwell and her had surprisingly good chemistry. But I thought the film itself, after like the 20, 30 minute mark, kind of fell apart. That movie should have been like 45 minutes long. And it would have been great. great. I I will say it was better than some of other Max Landis's movies. Well, I I sort of have been feeling like... Every movie coming from her has just been not getting the most out of her talents. And Mike really and Dave, the that. wedding dates was one that didn't really get the most out of her. Uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what else she was in. 
It, it's crazy because she started her career with these movies like Up in the Air and Fifty Fifty, <laughs> and even the first Pitch Perfect. You know, I thought was a really good movie. Uh, just, I'm not quite there. I, I really like the first Pitch Perfect. I know, I know. I, I'm in the minority on that one. That's fine. I, <laughs> we can we can probably agree on Pitch Perfect too. So, Ugh. but yeah, it, I feel like ever since she sort of made it as an actress in those movies and the Pitch Perfect ones. She's just been getting put into these projects that are. I'm like, come on, Anna, you you are a fantastic actress. Why are you? I don't know. Is well, her? Is she a weak link in this movie, or is she just like part all? You know, part of the she, same complaint. She's a good actress in a mediocre movie. That's kind of playing to her kind of usual cadence of her being like the sincere girl that's kind of insecure, but she's like outspoken about it, and it's just kind of like the same old same old from her it's just i don't know do you think it's It's, her do you think it's like she just can't really do anything else no i think she's really good when she wants to be because like yeah i don't think i don't think the last five years was a great film but i thought she was phenomenal in that movie like did you see the last five years oh yeah that's i think that's on netflix now yeah she was really good in that movie i thought that's like exactly what she should be doing and thought she was good in uh in the woods too all things considered i mean i mean yeah she was not one of the like highlights of that movie and i didn't love uh, it sure okay yeah totally that was honest. like it was a little rough but i like parts of it like anna kendrick scenes yeah she was fine i i don't know she just didn't stand out and i also i th- i do want to see her in squirrel girl you know if that yeah she'd happens. be a great squirrel girl yeah. yeah but i don't is that happening <laughs> they say it is <laughs> she's okay. she's like petitioning she's campaigning for it but yeah it's perfect i don't know if it's her- gonna happen if it's not her, then uh, Katie Mamucci or whatever the girl from uh, Oh yeah, yeah, Garfunkel and Oates. She'd yeah, be a, Scrubs. Okay, she'd be a girl. Yeah, okay. she needs she needs to be in more movies. I, I, she hasn't been in. Uh, she's just been on a lot of shows. So. Well, she was in that uh, Don't Think Twice movie, Mike Birbiglia's thing. Oh, you're right. I actually forgot about that, but she barely has any lines in it. So that's true. She is like the less lesser character i guess yeah she, she doesn't really have an arc she's just sort of like there <laughs> and she's i want to i want to make my comic book yeah <laughs> see you guys <laughs> hey i yeah. made it <laughs> yeah. i'm happy about that uh, anyway. and anyway yeah i think Ken- anna kendrick's great i just don't think this is her playing to her strong suits okay i think it's just her kind of like in a comfortable role where she's doing what she is supposed to be doing and she does fine job but it just doesn't really play to like she doesn't get to show her maximum potential well, Anna Kendrick's potential slash career is something that I'm writing down in my topics to bring up later book for Cinemaholics. Okay, Holics. because I will say I'm reading her book now, and if she oh, is, yeah. uh, if she doesn't get the great roles that she's supposed to get, she can probably make an okay career as an essayist because it's pretty good so far. I bet she's a good writer. Um, all right, well. We've gone way over time, but uh, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Cinemaholics. We covered a lot more than I thought we would get have time to cover because we, were, we knew we were going to talk about Logan so much. But uh, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, thank you so much. If you like our show, uh, please do one of two things or both. Uh, send us an email, cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com, and let us know what you think of the show. We want to know from you this week, what did you think of Logan? Do you think it's a masterpiece, or do you think it was in the middle, somewhere lower? Let us know, and we'll, we might have a chance to talk about that your email next week. And, of course, uh, you can review our show if you like us 
on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, just give us some honest feedback so we can keep improving the show for you guys. And we will see you again next week. I think uh, we're going to be reviewing yeah. – uh, what are we reviewing next week? Uh, what's, Kong, Skull Island, right? Kong, Skull Island. The reviews yeah. for that are already coming out. We're already getting reviews right. coming out for Beauty and the Beast too. So, uh, But we'll we'll be able to talk about Kong next week. And yeah. I think and Beauty and the Beast maybe after. a second movie? I don't know. Well, there are a few. There are a few smaller movies coming out, like Raw and uh, what was the one? Personal Shopper. Personal Shopper with Kristen Stewart. Have you seen the trailer for it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to see that one if we, if I can. But those are all the releases. Yeah. I would want to see that. The Wall is coming out this weekend. The um, Wall. Yeah, it's just called the Wall. Not the Great Wall. No, <laughs> you'd think, but uh, yeah. all right. Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, from the internet, California, I'm John Agroni. And from the internet, Pennsylvania, I am Will. See you next time. Bye.